personal bravery in partnership with the divine that allows us to courageously take our place in this world. This is the way of valor. Hey, 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 welcome back to The Way of Valor. I am your host, Angie Taylor, and we are going to pick up this week with part two of our parenting talk given by Abe Figueroa at the Activate Retreat this year. Um, If you did not have a chance to hear the first part of this podcast, go back to last week's message. Uh, This is well worth your listen. It is such, from such a profound angle, um, Abe talks about the pres- our presence with our kids and how essential that is. And I am telling you, this talk was the most highly requested talk at our last parent retreat. And um, I can see why. I just listened to it again and was struck one more time by it. You will have time well spent uh, to take some notes on this conversation. But again, if you missed uh, last week, go back to last week and then come back to this one and start it. And we'll see you on the other other side. Enjoy. I have confessed to God and my wife that I hate parenting sometimes. Sometimes I stay up really late at night so I can think a whole thought until it stops. I understand. (laughs) Sometimes I pretend I'm going potty. Does anyone else understand? (laughs) I get it. I do. But God's not the only one asking where we are. God asked Cain a very similar question. Do you remember what he asked Cain after Cain murdered Abel? Where? Where's your brother? And what did Cain say? Am I my brother's keeper? And God didn't even answer. He just said, your brother's crying out. Our children are crying out. My children have cried out. You know, Brother Lawrence is a monk. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. He wrote a little book. Well, He had a little book published called Practicing the Presence of God, where you just spend your everyday life noticing that God is present. Oh, isn't that interesting? He's present. Isn't it interesting that we sang about the power of his presence? Isn't it interesting that somehow, sometimes you don't need someone to solve your problems, you just need someone to be there? Isn't it interesting that God's always there? And that we have to practice, the pre- practice noticing that he's present because we're so often not present. And it is a practice that I do often and has saved me time and again. I remember when I didn't know how to pray, I was in a little shack in the middle of Papua, Indonesia, in a tiny little village called Bokandini. I was spending three months there next to the jungle. And um, I had a day and a half of silent retreat in a little, like, a missionary shack house. And I remember getting to the point where I said, God, I don't really know how to pray to you, so I'm just going to read your scriptures back out to you. I was 19. And I start, I just open up to the Psalms and it happened to be the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament thereof night after night. 
The heavens are uttering your speech. And I just read it to him again and again and again until, you know, when you're driving and you're in the passenger seat and you can feel the eyeballs of the person in the lane next to you staring at you and you look and they look away awkwardly trying to pretend like they weren't looking at you. And you go, how do eyeballs touch? Well, that happened, but there wasn't anybody there except Jesus. And I didn't hear his voice there that day, but I met somebody there. And in an age where us millennials are deconstructing faster than they can reconstruct or deconstructing and forgetting to reconstruct, unlearning but forgetting to relearn, my wife and I just last week were crying in the car together because we said, how did we make it? Like, how did we make it to stay with Jesus when so many people that we were walking together and fighting together and praying together aren't making it and are saying, I don't even think he, he exists anymore. And I turned to my wife and I said, the only thing I can tell you is that I met him on the road to Emmaus. He was present and continues to be present in my life and I've never seen him with my own two eyes and here we are in front of our children they can see us I wonder how many of them someday are going to say how did I make it when my friends didn't make it my parents made eye contact with me often my parents turned off the phone, turned off the work, turned off the things, and made eye contact with me. I've spent more time now just looking at my daughter's eyes and watching her say, for no apparent reason, I love you, Dad. Not because I did or gave or bought, but I did one of the most fundamental things that all of us with two eyes, one eye, no eyes, we could still do it. I made eye contact. I was there. She doesn't know why all of a sudden she wants to say, I love you, Daddy, but I think I know a little bit about it. Because my Father in heaven is here. And the reason why I still love Jesus is because I, he's still present to me. And it is a struggle to find a way to notice. You know, once you start noticing that God, God's really in the presence business, you start hearing some of his words differently. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You start realizing that the spiritual practices aren't so much about garnering his attention. You're not shouting for joy so that he notices that you're there. You're shouting for joy that the scales might fall off your own eyes. When he says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, trust in the presence of God. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you, he said in John 14. How many of us had a life-changing moment simply by being in the presence of God? Can, I, can we just bear witness? How many of you, he didn't say a thing. You didn't know why you were crying. It was a quiet moment between you and him. Maybe, maybe you were at the altar ugly crying. Maybe you were all by yourself. But you said somebody else was in that room and I know his name. And I'm starting to know his voice. And Jesus says that his sheep will know him by his voice. They're tuned to the presence of God. We're called to reflect that back into our neighbors. Ah! To reflect it back into our neighbors. 
We, the images of God, are to reflect with our bodies and our faces. I am not going to leave you. I'm here. I'm making eye contact. I see you. And, we, and before you ask God, send someone in my life, make sure that you check the person that you just tucked into bed. Did you tarry with them? There's a millennial singer, some of you might know him, Alan Stone. He's a really ugly, blonde, hippie guy with big glasses and sings soul. White guy, it sounds, sounds pretty much like a black guy. I love him. He is so goofy. Um, and uh, it's the kind of singing where I have to be careful because I'm like, ooh, I just want to worship, but you ain't talking about Jesus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But he wrote this song, and it's called Lay It Down. And it is the cry of my generation and Generation Z. The metaphor here is a phone, in case it's hard to catch. He says, I want to be the first thing you reach for in the morning. And the last thing you put down at night. I want my heart to be the only thing you're charging. That you would search frantically for me when I'm out of sight. Is it too much to ask? Lay it down. You can finish what you're searching. I'm waiting to be found. Lay it down. Keep me close enough to fit inside your pocket. Let me see inside the windows through your heart. If you're looking for some love in me, unlock it. When you need another chance, we can restart. Is it too much to ask? Don't let this moment pass. Lay it down. Lay it down. You can finish what you're searching. I'm waiting to be found. I'm sure there's been... Many, a wife who said that to her husband and a husband who said it to, her, to his wife and a child who said it to a distracted and busy, hurrying parent like me. Lay it down. And of course, I'm not just talking about phones. Give me a break. Before there were phones, there were newspapers and radio. Before that, fig leaves. <laughs> it's not the tech. So what do we do? At VGO, we do all we can to see your child. I was talking to Angie once, and she goes, you know what, Abe, no matter what AI does, it can never see your kid. That's what we do. I almost threw my shoe at the screen. I I just flushed out all the Pentecostals in the room. (laughs) As a school, we are learning to practice the presence of neighbor on the digital sphere. Like, what is that? We got so much stacked against us, and we're like, we are going to have community. I remember at the end of last year, this is not to toot my own horn, I was shocked. Uh, One of the seniors, at the end of the last last year, we were kind of wrapping things up, and we were talking. One of the kids said, I loved being in your class, Mr. Figueroa. It felt like an actual community. I was like, hold up, we're on a Zoom call. That is crazy. It's possible, though. And we're going for that kind of possible. 
I often say that if you're living a life that's possible, it's probably not a Christian one because he's in the business of doing things beyond. He lets virgins become pregnant and then Jesus shows up. It happens a lot, actually, if you look through scripture. We are trying to make a community at VGO, but guess what? We are a couple hours a day. I mean, you're probably here because you're like, great, less school so we can like, go vacation, go other places. We have a traveling lifestyle. Yeah, that's why we're here. But that means that you're part of the team. Actually, we're part of your team. We're just an asset to what's happening at home. So here's the one way that you can help us out because we're just a small little part of your child's life. But please help make class a priority. That sounds so trite, right? You know, like, did we just go through all this to hear to, for them to go to class? <laughs> like, are you, is that, was that the pitch, this guy? Like, I literally have Kleenex. What? No. Well, yes. Like, that's uh, partly. Oh, he's leaving. <laughs> it's all right. We'll get him back in the next session. It's okay. <laughs> no, uh, but, but seriously, we, we are trying to do something in the classroom that is crazy. We are trying to actually have community. We're trying to have a place where people are seen. And the thing about being seen is y'all know when you don't want to be seen, what do you do? Not show up. Uh, you don't go. And then they can't see you. It's great. It's, it's, and in a digital class, it's great. You just turn the camera off and not show up, and it's better than the back seat. It's awesome and they don't know when you're texting your friends. <laughs> so you can help us. Not simply because they, are, they learn better when they're present, but also because you know that what we're teaming together to do is something way bigger than arithmetic and reading and whatever book I assigned this year. And at home, my children, our children, are growing and changing at a shocking rate. I say this out loud? Okay, I covenant with me to not tell my son that I'm, making, that I'm saying this out loud. Thank you. My son, the other day, he was like, Dad, there's some rash on my foot. And, uh, and I was like, all right, let's look at the rash, you know. What am I going to do? Spit on it and be healed? You know, like, so I, I look at it and I'm like, well, yep, that's a rash. And then I go, there's hair on your legs. <laughs> He's 13. He goes, yeah, that's been there for a while. Like, what? Really? <laughs> They're growing fast. Have you noticed? And sometimes I don't notice. That's the crazy part. Sometimes I see my kids through what I knew about them last year. So let's be present. My question is, are your children, are my children growing in the loving soil of attention? Do they know that when they call your name, your face will shine upon them and bring them peace. In the age of an attention economy, our families, your family, can be a lighthouse in the storm-struck land of distraction. Where all who enter our homes Experience the life-altering gift of a fully present person. Do you notice that we can't even be in the wave pool without watching TV? 
That's weird. Like, let's go do something together. I, I was there too. I was like, I was like why, why, why is there this music video with these kids like giving each other tongue? This is weird. I'm next to my nine-year-old. Can we do better than this? You know, like, can we like say like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make eye contact with my kids. May his grace be upon us. And his face is shining down upon us to grant us and give us peace. And we already know all the, all the signs have already been have already been taken. Like all of the stuff has been done. The research. Everybody knows that the way that you're raised is the way that you think God's raising you. What if someone said, "I know what it's like for my dad to look at me. I know the peace that comes." When my parents lay it down. And when they're 25 and they realize that 90% of the time that we laid it down was for something so trite and stupid, we realize how deep that love was. That's the crazy part. The more ridiculously trite and stupid our kids ask us, can you just, I'm tired, can you tie my shoe? And I'm like, get yourself together. But I remember when I had kids, I was like, Dad, what have you done? How did you do this? And he told me a story. I'll end with this story. He said he worked at Mentor Graphics in Wilsonville. It was about a 45-minute drive from Portland, Oregon. And, um, uh, and he had me, and I loved him. And he would come through the door and Dad! Uh, and I'd, I'd grab him and I'd hug him. And then we had this little basketball Nerf hoop. You know, the 90s, man, were great. Space Jam, Space Jam, the, the OG one with the goat on it. None of this new stuff. I'm not trying to fight. I'm sorry. And, and we, were, we were, thank you. <laughs> and we'd play basketball and stuff, and we'd have dinner, and he'd tuck me in. And I remember, like, uh, this side story. He was like, Abe, I am so tired of reading picture stories to you. We're going to read a story without pictures. It's like it's called Aesop's Fables. And he read me this story about a man who was riding a horse. And then it, like the horse wasn't going fast enough. And he beat the horse. And then something happened to the man. And he's like, okay. Now I want you, while I'm reading it to you, I want you to imagine what's going on in the story in your head. Okay? So he reads me the story. And afterwards he goes, what did you imagine? And I look at him and I go, hot dogs. <laughs> and he closes the book. He's like, picture books. <laughs> And so, I, so he said that, you know, this is going on. He, lo- he loves being a dad. And then one day he calls my mom from a pay phone. I, <laughs> and it was dinner time. My mom goes, hi, Willie, where are you? He goes, ah, I'm at the mall. Now, if you know Willie Figueroa, he's not chilling at the mall, usually. She's like, what do you mean you're at the mall? He's like, I've just been spending a few hours here, like in those like overstuffed chairs in the middle aisle next to like the embroidered hat booth thing. And she's like, okay. He's like, I just don't want to come home. I don't want to come home. This is so hard. I've, I've lost, like, I just, I'm so spent. 
like, no me time. And my mom goes, so continue. <laughs> Are you coming home? And he's like, I'll call you back. I mean, yes, but I don't know. And he sat on an overstuffed chair in the middle of mall, no, Clackamas Town Center Mall. And he said, God, I give my life away. I'll serve my kids. And when they're grown, I'll pick up the hobbies I used to have. But right now, my life is theirs. And he came home. And we kept playing. And he didn't resent me. And he didn't resent being a dad. And I have never been afraid that my father in heaven doesn't like me. What a gift. What a gift. When the, when the word says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. When I see my Savior climb up on a cross and say, I will give my life, I know what that looks like in the body of a man. That's what we get to be to our children to our communities. That's what our home gets to stand for. It gets to be that. That is a gift worth dying for. In my opinion, a gift worth living for. So may we all practice the presence of God to one another, to our children. May that be something that we team together here at the school, but we're just a small part. May that be the theme of our lives. Thank you. And that's a wrap. So good, right? Just really what we needed to be challenged to lean into this parenting thing. It is such a challenge and it is really easy when we are working, when we are doing all the things to miss how important this piece of being present with our kids is. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast episode. Next week, we will jump back in with interviews and we appreciate you listening, man. We do not take that for granted at all. We appreciate your listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a review, share it out with your friends. This is the way we get the message out about good content for families. And I'm always a big believer if somebody is doing something well, that is promoting the values that you believe in, share it loud and proud and get it out there for them because this world needs more truth. This world needs more light and you can help. So thanks so much for your help on that. Have a blessed day. The Way of Valor podcast is sponsored by Valor Global Online, where we believe every child has divine destiny and it is our role as educators to inspire curiosity and draw out the unique brilliance of every child. We may be the experts in education, but you, as the parent, you are the expert on your child. And together, we will partner to help your child fulfill their optimum potential. We are unlike any other online school you have encountered. Your child will be seen and heard every single day while connecting live with their teachers and friends throughout the world. Our focus on faith and whole child development 
and positioning your child as a creator, not simply a consumer, helps build the confidence you long to see in your child. Check us out today at ValorOnline.org. Working nine to five. Forget that. How about a nine-week e-course instead? One that's guaranteed to make you rich in every area of your life. Valor Global Online is thrilled to announce the Dugwood Church Boy to Millionaire video e-course. You can take it alone. Take it with your friends. You can even take it with your kids. And when you take it to heart, it is guaranteed to create massive momentum, breakthrough, abundance, and purpose in your life. You are worthy of power, might, and more. We can't wait to partner with you and pray your dreams into action. Visit valoronline.org today to register for our next session. It's time to start living above the line.